the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You're lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Legacy Speaks co-authors Stephanie Heath and Amanda Rumor straight ahead. Is this um, this collection of uh, stories and and these uh, various medicines, as you call it, Stephanie? Mm-hmm. Um, do they serve as as a roadmap for people that are coming out of this pandemic having experienced something akin to a reset, um, a a way of looking at what some other women have done and are doing as as maybe a a direction to move in themselves if, if they find themselves in a position of needing to change direction. Absolutely, and I think, oh, I'm sorry, I'll let you speak in one second. I think Mm -hmm. COVID really brought that to everybody's attention, a reset that's been such a great theme everywhere. And so, so many people are looking for inspiration or they want stories or ideas of what others have experienced and how they can interpret that in their own life. Um, Stephanie, go ahead. No, I think you said it um, correctly, and I, I would say that you did as well, Tom. That's exactly what it is, right? We, we got an opportunity to look at our own businesses, um, talk about how we got there, just the authors, and then um, teach on our specific topics. And we're hoping that for anyone that reads this, they can look at their own life and say, hey, you know, my life is completely different than what it was pre-COVID. This book may have come out at the right time. What can I change? And even if they're not, we're not asking them to ask, themselves that directly in the book, there's got to be something in there that's going to 
catalyze something in you or just switch something in you as a reader. So, yeah. And when did or does the book drop? Today. Yeah, it's released, it's released today. It costs 99 cents. All proceeds are going to the YWCA USA, which is an amazing organization that, you know, is helping out us ladies, Tom. Sorry. Um, it, it's, it's focused on empowering women and then also ending racism where there is. So, um, you know, all of us just came together to kind of, you know, like we said, share a little bit of our legacy, hope that we can inspire and inflame something in, in the reader and, we're so grateful and happy that it dropped today. So, yeah. And Tom, I want to add it. Um, it launched today on Amazon on, for Kindle, and then the hard copy will be available on Amazon in about two weeks. And that's going to be more than ninety nine cents, I would think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was I was just about to ask that you were reading my mind because when she said ninety nine cents, I thought this has to be an online thing. Oh. Yeah, you're a smart cookie, Tom. <laughs> you know, I love how you're taking, like, our language, too, and kind of um, using, I guess, more real-world terms. So, but it, but it. that's, but that's um, I, I don't know, it seems like that's a key to uh, understanding is, is trying to speak the same language. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for yeah, having me. Have, have the mindset to want to understand the other side. I think that's so important too. Well, and it is, and and that's why I'm and and I'm trying to get an idea of how much ground is covered, how much medicine is there in the book, or um, mm-hmm. it, I mean, you two have very different stories, mm-hmm. but. Yes. Reiki healing and, think, and yoga and, and some of these other things that you mentioned um, seem a, a little more, um, I, I don't, I don't want to say commonplace. I, I just, mm. I, I just want to see how much ground is covered. Mm. I think um, both Stephanie and I, and you might have said this, our stories are very different. And so from her to me, you know, there are a total of 25 chapters, and they're all very different um, with things that you touched upon, things that we did. And, you know, there are 25 stories mm-hmm. just encapsulating everything you can imagine. But are, are there um, some other uh, yeah. kind of dramatic examples? I, I'm thinking of, you know, someone who leaves a legacy and, and has a story to tell. And, I'm, you know, I, immediately I think of uh, our new vice president. Mm. Yeah. Um, so so I, I won't, we're not going to pretend um, to know every woman's story. We're all in a co-working space together. We're, we're all in a group. But, for example, um, Amanda had her, you know, traumatic experience on the Red Rocks. Um, some of our authors have had you know, sexual trauma, and now that they work with women to heal their own sexual trauma and their, you know, feminine embodiment coaches. So um, I know I can't maybe share any of the dramatic, the other dramatic stories in the book because I'm not aware of them. But, um, Amanda, if you if you know of any, you can share it. And then um, I don't know. No, but, that, but that's, that's an important 
piece that you just mm-hmm. added to the conversation, Stephanie, mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, these stories of, of sexual trauma. Now, that's something mm-hmm. that that a lot of women can benefit from someone else's story and, and, yeah, and what I'm, happened I'm, and what happened after. The, that's the thing, you know, where, where the legacy part rolls into it, and that's what I'm, I'm trying to get at. Um, Amanda, do you have mm-hmm. some other... Uh, some other examples? Yeah, I know that this, the book does talk about people moving on from death, from abuse, mm-hmm. um, like she said, sexual trauma. So we do cover collectively some very important topics. Right, homelessness as well. One of um, the women who has a really successful business, she was homeless at one point. See, now we're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, give me the juice. Yeah, well, no, but 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 there's you know there's a reason why it was important to have twenty five and not ten. Mm. Yeah, and and um, and that's and I'm trying to get at you know how much information is there in this book um, by exploring some of the different topics that are covered. Yeah, um, Danielle Massey, she had cancer and, you know, her entire life kind of blew up and she's the one that I um, spoke to who introduced me to the group of women. She has a brick and mortar therapy practice with staff. Um, She has an extremely six-figure online business. So um, everyone's successful or at least in in terms of um, real-world success in the world right now and they all have these dramatic stories. Um, for me, I'm, you know, a black woman who had to overcome my own sort of difficulties, and um, and now, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed with helping women get six-figure salaries. So, hopefully, you know, if someone at least goes to the link on Amazon, they can kind of check out the author profiles, and they'll see what they can expect from the book. Well, this is uh, this is fascinating, and and I think it's an important book, and and I'm uh, I. I I don't want to make light of things or make it sound like I'm making light of things as I try to explore, um, you know, the the contents of the book for as many examples of the the diversity in the book so that people will have a sense, oh, there might be something in there for me. Yeah, no, I haven't gotten that. I, I think you're amazing, yeah. This is great. You're doing your job. <laughs> You're a good host. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it helps when you have good guests. Aw, well, thank you. <laughs> um, but let's. Um, is is there? Now this this benefits the YWCA. Mm-hmm. Uh, proceeds from the book go to that. The book is called Legacy Speaks. Um, is this? A, a, a one-off, or is it a part of a program that an organization is uh, um, behind that there might be, you know, more things? Or, you know, Legacy Speaks, the symposium. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is there is there yeah. an organization behind it, or is this kind of a yeah, one-off? Yeah. Yeah, so um, Bridget Cisco, she, um, she, I guess she groups uh, women, I want to say once a year, to, to create 
these offerings. She chooses a different charity every year, and she's um, a life coach. She's a, a yoga teacher, and so she believes in helping people gain clarity in their life, and so that's kind of her motivation to, I guess, creating these books um, with different different women authors once a year. So. Oh, so this is maybe uh, part of an annual series or an occasional series? Yeah, I would say it's probably yeah, I, ca- occasional. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. <laughs> no, I agree. And we don't know specific details, um, but I think it's safe to say it will be an occasional uh, series. And, and the reason that I went down that path is is because I always try to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more. I mean, obviously, you know, for 99 cents, they can go get the Kindle and, you know, read the book. But but is there a, a website or someplace where people can find out more about the book um, and or other companion projects or books? Yeah. I think the Oh, go ahead, Seth. Yeah, so we have a Facebook group um, where all of the authors are, are in, <laughs> and um, we're all going to have master classes and um, just, you know, 30-minute sessions to, again, share our medicine and talk about our chapters. So if someone wanted to learn more about the authors and just um, kind of live in the space of, is there going to be a next book released next year, et cetera, et cetera, that would be the best place for it. Um, and I want to say that group is called Just Legacy Speaks, but I'll get the link right now and share it with you. Great. And then, um, yeah, if someone wanted to learn more about Bridget and the books that she created in the past and in the future, you would just be able to follow her on Amazon. So Bridget Aileen Cisco. The last book was called Meet the Woman Birthing a New Earth, and this one is Legacy Speaks. Well, this is great, and, and you guys are, are fun to talk to about this, and kudos for being included. Yeah, Thank you so grateful. much, Tom. Yeah, we are both grateful. Um, and I guess uh, if you could share that, that Facebook link, do you have that? Yeah, mm-hmm. so I just popped it up. It's The group is called Legacy Speaks Virtual Summit. And, um, again, this week and next week, and I want to say up until May, um, almost May 22nd, all 25 of us women are going to be going live various days and times sharing our medicine. So we'd love to see you guys in the group if anyone wants to join. Um, Again, it's just Legacy Speaks Virtual Summit on Facebook. All right. Well, thank you both, Um, Amanda Rumor and uh, Stephanie Heath. Thanks, uh, Stephanie, it was great to have you back. And Amanda, it's it's nice to uh, have you part of the family, too. Thank you so much. I This was such a great experience. I do appreciate it. All right. Thank both, you, Tom. Thank both you of you take care. Bye. Right, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was uh, Stephanie Heath and Amanda Rumor, uh, two of the authors of a uh, collection called Legacy speaks and we'll have more of the tom sumner program from the tom sumner show oh yeah everybody's doing a brand new dance 
now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wanky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place 
with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hi this is deb cherry genesee county treasurer and you're listening to the tom sumner radio show and hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour uh, is an award-winning photographer whose work uh, is uh, frequently seen in the pages and on the covers of various publications from National Geographic. The last time he was on the show, I think we talked about sharks, which we may do again since he's the only person I know who's been this up close and personal with sharks. But uh, he's joining me by phone to talk about National Geographic Kids' new uh, Almanac 2022. His name is Brian Scary, and as I mentioned, he joins me by phone. Hey, Brian, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be back. Okay, so tell me about the, the Kids' Almanac uh, 2022. Um, is it right? It, it, when does it publish, or, or has it already? Yeah, it's actually out now. So they always, you know, as, as with, I guess, many almanacs, they come out um, uh, the year before. So this is the 2022 almanac, but it's out now, available wherever books are sold. But, you know, it's it's a fascinating book that I wish I had when I was a kid. It's a, <laughs> it's a compilation of, you know, all kinds of fun facts and stories about animals and science, technology, space, you know, all of our planet Earth, history, geography, world cultures, so much great stuff in there. There's over 500 beautiful National Geographic photos. There's quizzes, jokes, games for kids. There's also interesting things about the environment. You know, there's a brand new feature in this year's uh, Kids Almanac called Kids versus Plastic that talks about the harm that plastics are doing to our environment, especially the oceans where I work, and it offers tips for kids as to what they can do to help. So there's all kinds of great information in here that is perfect summer reading. You know, it's the kind of book that you don't have to read from cover to cover. You can pick it up and open any page and sort of be sucked into all these cool facts and, and interesting photos. If there had been a uh, National Geographic Kids Almanac when you were a kid, would you have been, um, I'm trying to imagine if that would have made you more likely to end up swimming uh-huh. with sharks? Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> it's hard to imagine that I, I would have been more in, in interested in doing that because I was pretty interested. But, yeah, you know, um, as a kid, you know, I grew up in a little textile mill town in Massachusetts, and um, I used to read National Geographic magazine, and I used to get the books from the library. Uh, there was a little uh, um, library in my hometown, and I'd get those books and lay on the floor and look at shipwrecks and sharks and whales and all these cool ocean things. And I wanted to do what I'm doing today. You know, it was a very lofty dream, but uh, dreams do come true, and, and I got to do that. So. Um, yeah, I think, you know, being inspirational to young people, giving them the latest and greatest science and, and really fun, easy-to-digest ways is an important thing to do. The more we know about our planet, the, the better off we will all be. And I I didn't want to go into all the details in the introduction because I wanted to make sure I had time to talk with you, but I was, I was reading some mm-hmm. things about some of the, the stories that you've done, and you've explored... Uh, you know, temperate coral reefs and, and then been under ice-covered uh, 
<laughs> ocean water and and I got wondering um and and this is just very parenthetical to our conversation sort of Brian or maybe not um I I was up at Lake Superior one time in December and it was very cold snow on the ground and there were college kids surfing in Lake Superior and they had yeah. wetsuits on and my right. question is do, does the wetsuit really keep you warm when you're in the kind of frigid uh, temperatures uh, of some of the waters you've been in? That's a great question, Tom. You know, it, 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 let me just, first of all, yes, for, for surfers particularly, uh, a wetsuit is great and it, it does the trick in most cases. Um, but to, to drill down a little uh, deeper on that, no pun intended, um, <laughs> I would explain that um, <laughs> when you're diving in, in the ocean, um, you know, usually, usually some thermal protection is needed, even if the water is really warm. If you're in a tropical coral reef and the water is 85 degrees, you know, our body is 98 degrees, right? So if you're in there, you could dive for a while without a, a, a wetsuit, but after a while, you will get cold inevitably. There, there's going to be a thermal uh, uh, issue. But um, depending on how cold the water is, you need a, a thicker wetsuit or a dry suit. So what a wetsuit does, a wetsuit is usually a neoprene rubber suit or some sort of uh, suit like that, like uh, rubber, and it generally allows water in next to your body, which gets warmed by your, your body core, and it gives you insulation and, and has thermal properties. But eventually, a wetsuit, using a wetsuit in, in colder water, you will get cold. Now, you could dive a shipwreck in Lake Superior with a good wetsuit and maybe stay down an hour or something, depending, and you would be fine. But if you tried to do two hours, you might get really cold. So when it gets really cold, you would use a dry suit, which is uh, similar to a wetsuit, except it allows you to wear thermal clothing underneath. You could wear, you know, heavy, like, uh, uh, undergarments that uh, would keep you warm, and the, the dry suit doesn't allow water inside, so it's sealed at the neck and, and the, the wrists and the, and the boots. You wear boots, and um, you can wear clothes underneath and put air in the suit, so that keeps you even warmer. So when I'm diving in really trop uh, not tropical and, and polar conditions, you know, 29-degree water and things like that, uh, I am using a dry suit. So for a surfer, if you're just surfing on the surface and you're not, you know, going underwater, your suit wouldn't be compressed by pressure, you can usually last even in cold conditions with, uh, with a wetsuit. But you still got to be pretty hardy, so my hat's off to those surfers in uh, Lake <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, college kids, they do some nutty things. Yep. <laughs> um, right. But uh, in, in, in speaking of nutty things, is is underwater photography a a specialty and and does it require real special equipment? Yes, it does. Um you know, the cameras that I am using are regular surface cameras. I'm a Nikon shooter, so I'm using Nikon DSLRs, digital single-lens reflex cameras, which any of us can buy and use here on the surface. But I have to put them inside an underwater housing, so they make special cases. There are companies that make uh -huh. special cases for every camera. So it's not only waterproof, but these cases are pressure-proof. So I, if I go down 100 feet 
you know, it's not going to be compressed to the point where you couldn't use it. It's it's usually made out of aluminum, aircraft aluminum or something, and it's it's uh, it's molded perfectly so that you can access all the functions of the camera. And then, you know, I have to put whatever lens I'm going to think I need to use, and then you put a dome port in front of it. But it's essentially, you know, the same cameras. It is the same cameras we're using here, but you need that special housing. And then I often need to bring lights as well or strobes, flashes, because the ocean acts like a giant filter. It, it, it takes away color, um, and it scatters light. It refracts light. It reflects light. So light properties work differently underwater. So if I want to see any color in detail in my photo subjects, I usually need to do a little fill flash as well. So that is specialized equipment. You have to kind of learn to use it. Uh, it's a little bit differently than photography on land, but certainly understanding photographic principles on land will help you as an underwater photographer for, for as well. What about the, uh, the, the temperatures? Does, does that have any impact on, on either the camera or the film, or are you shooting digitally? Right. So I'm shooting digital these days. I, I started using film for many, many years. I switched, I think, back in 2005 to digital technology, which has really been a game changer, particularly for an underwater photographer, because, you know, one roll of film in the camera was all I could take underwater before, and that was maybe 36 frames. Today I can shoot, you know, a thousand raw files and, and you know, have much more latitude <clears throat> in terms of what I'm, what I'm doing. But the temperature doesn't really affect the cameras. The cameras are able to, to work in, you know, a wide range of temperatures from hot to cold. And even in the coldest of ocean waters, um, salt water, uh, the coldest the salt water can get is about 29 degrees, 28.5 Fahrenheit uh, degrees. So that's cold for diving, but it's not that cold for cameras. You know, you could take a camera up to the, Arctic or the Antarctic, where it might be 40 below zero, and, and they still might function as long as the battery holds out. So um, the, the ocean temperatures are, are not a, a, an impediment in any way to ocean photography. When you're shooting fish, um, especially sharks, is it disconcerting if, if, uh, if you get a really good smile? <laughs> no, uh, a good smile by a, a shark is uh, is a bonus. Uh, but you know, you bring up a, a, an interesting uh, thread here, and that is that you know, contrary to to popular belief, um, for for most divers, they could go their whole life diving and never even see a shark. You know, I think most people have this idea that the minute you go beneath the waves, there's sharks all around just waiting to... Or if you get out, you know, and, so far away from land. Right. And, and you know, the, the, the ocean is quite vast, and um, although there are sharks out there, um, most times divers don't really encounter sharks. And when you do... Um, it's actually a challenge to get close to them. You know, we're, we're not something they're particularly interested in in most cases. I mean, there are exceptions, of course, but over the hundreds, if not thousands, of shark dives that I've made, it usually requires a lot of patience and time and effort to, to get close enough to make those uh, compelling images, which I need to be. I need to get very close to my subjects to photograph them. I can't use a, a telephoto lens underwater. So um, getting close to sharks is, is more of a challenge than most people might believe. Do, do you always do that in a cage, or do you...? No, I don't. Um, you know, I've 
been with dozens and dozens of species of sharks, and the only sharks that I usually use a cage with are the great whites, and that's, you know, my choice. There are divers who don't, who, who will, you know, swim openly with them. Uh, in the places that I've worked with great white sharks, I didn't think it would be safe to do that. There were many sharks around, and, um, you know, it's not always the one you're looking at that you might have to be concerned about. It's the one that you don't see coming uh, in a case like that. But with all the other species, you know, whether it's blue sharks or makos or oceanic white tips or hammerheads or whatever, I've never, I don't usually use cages. Uh, I find that photographically it's better if I'm not in a cage if I can be free to move about. And in most cases, I haven't felt the need to, you know, um, despite, again, common misconceptions. My experience is, is that sharks are, are a little bit standoffish. They're, they're, they tend to be rather polite when they come around. And, um, you know, out of the thousands of dives, let's say, that I've made with sharks, there may have only been three or four times where I felt the need to get out of the water, that it was getting a little too dicey, that their behavior had changed, and I just felt it wasn't safe. So, you know, the vast majority of times, it's, it's been great. Are there ever times uh, where, because of depth or temperature or other considerations, that, that you do dives in a bell? Um, you could, and, and that's, that tends to be a, a commercial diving technique, you know, for people who are doing serious work in the ocean, commercial divers, whether they're working on an oil rig or, or you know, fixing the bottom of a ship or something like that, um, they might be in, a, in a, a diving bell. And the reason for that is, um, is for minimizing your decompression obligation or, or being able to work for long periods of time underwater in what's known as saturation. I did once in my life live on the bottom of the ocean in saturation, in a, a diving habitat, the only one in the world for, for scientists. <clears throat> it's located off of Key Largo, Florida. It's called the Aquarius Habitat. It's often used by NASA to train astronauts, actually, uh, in more recent times. But... Um, but, you know, the, the physics of diving is such that when you breathe air underwater, if you're a scuba diver, you're breathing air just like we breathe here on land. It's just compressed air. And air is made up of, of about 79% nitrogen and about 21% oxygen. Well, the nitrogen that we breathe under pressure in the ocean goes into solution. Yeah, it goes into your blood and into your tissues. So it's like a bottle of champagne or a bottle of soda. Uh, you don't see the bubbles in there until you release the pressure. So the same thing happens to a diver. When you're diving underwater for any length of time, the, the gas goes into solution in your tissues and blood, and that's why you have to come up very slowly. Uh, otherwise, you would get the bends. The bubbles would form in your bloodstream and maybe mm -hmm. get lodged in your joints or something and be very painful, could even kill you. But if you do it right, it's all very safe. Well, if you're going to be underwater for a long time, like a commercial diver working on an oil rig, they might go in a diving bell, and they might stay down there for many, many hours so they can go out and do some welding or work or whatever it is, and then they come back in and they take a break inside the bell. But, you know, they can go in and out of that bell at depth uh, repeatedly, but then when they have to come up, they have to come up slowly, and they can do it inside the safety of the, the diving bell. Same thing when I lived in that habitat. I uh, stayed underwater for a week, but at the end of the week, I had to do a 17-hour decompression. So um, mm. that's the only time I ever had any situation like that. Well, you mentioned uh, about uh, diving shipwrecks in uh, Lake Superior, and it reminded me of a story. A, a friend of mine went down in a bell to one of the shipwrecks, and mm. uh, he was very disconcerted 
by the condensation inside the bell. He thought maybe it wasn't oh, airtight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. I, I remember my, my friend Bob Ballard, um, who discovered the Titanic <clears throat> years ago, talking about diving in, in, in the submersible Alvin, uh, which is owned by Woods Hole Oceanographic on Cape Cod. And he said, you know, when they take new divers out in, in the sub- submarine for the first time, they know from experience that there will be condensation, and it often gathers up around the hatch. So when they're down, you know, they're a, they're a mile deep in the ocean, and all of a sudden you see water drops coming down, uh, <laughs> hitting you in the head. Those new divers start to get a little nervous, thinking that uh, it's not watertight, but it's it's just condensation, as you explained. Well, that's that's what happened with uh, with this guy. Um, but yeah. let's 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 get back to the uh, to the new book from National Geographic Kids, which is the uh, 2022 Almanac, and you said it has uh, some. I don't know how what better to call them than sort of interactive sections. Yeah, that's right. Well, probably the most exciting thing uh, to me about the uh, Kids Almanac for 2022, which is out now by National Geographic, is the Almanac Challenge. And this year, the theme of the Almanac Challenge is called Our Awesome Ocean, which is near and dear to my heart as an ocean photographer. And it's really a a show-and-tell challenge. So kids are asked to celebrate the ocean by sharing what's amazing about their favorite ocean animal. So they pick an ocean animal, whatever it might be, a shark or a whale or whatever, and they have a choice. They can either draw their favorite ocean animal, they can draw a picture of it, or they could write something about it. They could write a short essay or a biography or a poem about their favorite ocean animal, or they could even do both. And then they can submit it to National Geographic. All the instructions are in the book, are in the almanac, and Next year, the most creative visual and written pieces will be featured in the new edition of the Almanac. So right now, the 2022 Almanac is out, but the kids can submit these things and maybe get published in the 2023 Almanac. So it is interactive. It is fun. It's a great way for kids to learn. But there's just so much in this book, you know, over 500 photos and interesting tidbits about not only the ocean, but every part of our planet. Um, you know, it's summertime. It's a, it's a kind of book that a kid could pick up and just open any page and, and be sort of drawn into the facts and figures, the interesting photos, the, the charts and graphs, and just learn so much. So parents taking their kids on a vacation, you know, maybe the kid can put the, the phone down for a little while and sit in the back seat of the car on a long ride and look at this <laughs> book and just, you know, be, be transported to other worlds. Are there, uh, uh, do you have pictures and or writing in the, uh, in the almanac this year? I do, I do, yeah. There are some of my photos, shark photos and so forth, and I'm also featured as one of the, the National Geographic explorers in the Ocean Almanac this year. So I'm excited about that because, you know, as a kid, those are the kinds of things that inspired me, and, and I, I read those books. I went to the library and got out National Geographic books and watched the documentaries on TV and so forth. So um, I wish I had this almanac when I was a kid, but, but the kids today have it now, and, and that's pretty cool. Is there is there an online version? I, I personally favor the the hard copy because National Geographic is so good at their publishing yeah. and reproductions. Uh, I mean, the photographs are great to begin with, but the reproductions right. are amazing as well. Yeah, 
Um, I don't think there's an actual online uh, version of the almanac. You have to, you know, have the physical book, uh, which, as you say, is, is just wonderful to have that physical contact with the book. But you could certainly learn more about it on the National Geographic website, nationalgeographic.com. There'd be more information about it. But the book is available right now anywhere that you buy your books, so whether it's an online bookseller or a local bookstore. Uh, you can go and pick it up right now. It's a beautiful book, chock full of all kinds of photos and, and graphs and really interesting things for kids, easily to, easy to read and easily digestible. So all, all good stuff. Well, Brian, we're, we're out of time, and, and I, I told you when we first connected that I, I thought it was going to be a little shorter than we normally go, but it's always a pleasure to talk with you, and thanks so much for spending this time with me today. Oh, my, my pleasure, Tom. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. That was uh, Brian Scary. He's a uh, visual storyteller specializing in ocean wildlife and underwater realms since 1998. He has been a contributing photographer for National Geographic magazine. He was named a photography fellow by the National Geographic Society in 2014 and a storytelling fellow in 2017, the same year he was awarded the title of National Geographic Rolex Explorer of the Year. He's the author of 12 books, including ocean soul and shark and uh, he can be followed on uh, instagram he has a website which is uh, brian scary s-k-e-r-r-y brian and uh he was uh here to talk uh, although we talked a lot about sharks and diving he was here to talk about the uh the new national geographic kids almanac 2022 which and I was reading something about the uh, publication. Oh, they call it the number one best-selling almanac for kids on the planet. Anyway, from National Geographic Kids, it's the Almanac 2022. And thanks again to my guest, uh, Brian Scary, for spending this time with me this morning. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. <laughs> comes along that's spreading like a plague and POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague. Well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well unless you want to bid our free society farewell. There is a Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. And if we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. And if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docks were busy overseas with World War One. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, because we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. 
If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July. Oh, super bad, transmittable. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? 
No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. One, two, three, four, five. Once again now roll the boat ashore Hallelujah Michael row the boat ashore keep it rolling Hallelujah Everybody hum Wait a second Dickie Dick we we hum it this I want to go back to the start and take it one more time from the top Oh, Michael, row the boat ashore. I'd just like everybody to join in this time. Okay, one more time. Okay. Right. Gang, in a world torn asunder by strife and by unhappiness, what sound in the world enters into our heart and brings love and brotherhood but the sound of people's voices joining together and singing? So let's roof the rafters, people. Let's fill this room with the most joyous sound known to man. People. People singing. For in the ether of the air, in the great sky of, of, the, of the faraway land, fill the sky, the musical sky, with voices intertwining themselves in a giant choral arrangement like colors in your mind and lines going up and down as the voices of people join together. So friends, let's fill this room with love. Let's fill this room with music and song. For people driving by, maybe outside, they'll be in their car and we'll be in here singing, they'll be driving by and, and as they drive by they'll probably say, What the hell's going on? Let's sing out now, friends. Michael Row, the boat ashore. Sing out. Which guy? The girl, the guy with the the girl with the blonde hair. You the weren't singing that... very well there. Would you join in with us and fill it? You will. You will. You'll sing with us now, huh? Go ahead. Here we go, gang. Michael, Michael Rowe, the boat has 
So, gang, let's all hum with our mouths open this time and get Tommy, a little more volume. That's a nice idea. Really, that's a great idea. But you so, cannot hum with your mouth open. Yes, you do. All you you don't to... ask anybody to hum with their mouth open. Yes, all you have you to can't do... do that. You so old. Listen, if you tried to hum with your mouth open, you could hurt yourself. That's too bad. Yeah. So he is. I'll tell you what. If you want more volume, why don't you ask everybody to ah? Oh. I mean, not just a regular ah, but like this. Ah, 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 ah. See, it's louder, it's easy to do, and if you ask everybody in this entire room to ah together in unison to Michael, you will experience a thrilling, exciting, vibrant, it'll be a, a vibrant experience, tremendous. Let's all open up our hummers now and all ah together, okay? Everybody except you. You hum with your mouth open. <laughs> Hear that, Michael? <laughs> we'll help you trim those sails and roll that boat, won't we, gang? Everybody. Michael, roll the boat ashore. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. <laughs> 